Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What a day off a magical night in college football live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching, listening, consuming, thanks for making us part of your day one hour from now. One of our final Herd hierarchies of the football season, top 10 teams in the NFL. You know, a lot of complaining, J-Mac, on the transfer portal and the NIL and the dying bowl games. What a top five college football day in the history of my life. Whoa, wow. I mean, it was incredible. I was exhausted, and I didn't play or coach. I was exhausted after those games. You were, like, sweating, right? You needed a shower after the games. Oh, it was so so good. good. Let's start with Michigan 27 and Alabama 20. The most ridiculous controversy, the most overblown drama in college football history, hopefully, can be put to rest. That the only reason Harbaugh and Michigan were winning, because they were 
stealing signs from some low-level, irrelevant staffer who on a shaky iPhone, doing what the rest of college football fans do, iPhone taping, and then handing it to an assistant, although Harbaugh still says, I didn't hear about it, I didn't know about it. (sighs) Hopefully it puts it to rest. Because they didn't have that sign stealing against Penn State, against Ohio State, and against Alabama that we know. And they went 3-0 and and pushed all three of them around late in the game. For all the Harbaugh critics, for years and years and years, the other networks got a lot of them. Don't you feel a little silly this morning? He wins everywhere, immediately, physically, gets in your head. Small college, Pac-12, Super Bowls, Big Ten. Despite a special teams meltdown by Michigan that I'm not sure anybody predicted or I've ever seen. I mean, they were a disaster in special teams. They still beat Alabama and were clearly superior in the trenches. And that's why they're such a tough matchup for everybody. Listen, I hope Harbaugh stays in college. He's polarizing, he's dramatic, he's a disruptor, he's authentic, he's different, but most of all, he's just great. And now the Big Ten is adding Washington and Oregon, SCUCLA, and can go toe-to-toe with the SEC finally. Hell, it may be better. But Harbaugh always had a hole, and it's one that even his fans, and I'm one, had to acknowledge. Why was he so bad in bowl games? Was it his intensity? Did he wear out his team? He was like bad in bowl games. Not last night. And beating the king, Nick Saban, and out coaching him. Puts that to rest too. It was a bad three and a half hours for all of Harbaugh's critics. And it's been a bad year for him. This is a remarkable team that even with a special teams meltdown for the ages, beat the reigning dynasty. The team that beat Georgia. By the way, that final play call by Alabama, what else are they going to do? They have a high school offense. They can't really throw the ball down the field. The receivers aren't nearly as good as they were several years ago. And Michigan and Harbaugh sniffed it out. Jim Harbaugh outcoached the King. I think Michigan is the best team in college football. They're favored against Washington. It's a tough matchup for Washington because what Texas does poorly, Michigan does well. But instead of worrying about that, just for the moment, let's tip and raise a glass to Harbaugh, shall we? Even the haters. He now owns the Big Ten. He now owns Ohio State. He now owns the spotlight. And in one week, he will own college football potentially. It was a magical night for college football and an important night for Jim Harbaugh and one of the great traditions ever, the Michigan Wolverines. Here's the coach after. A lot of interest in your future. I wonder if you can tell me what the chances are that the championship game might be your last one at Michigan. Boy, my future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Can't wait. There's nobody like him in college football. Don't have to like him, absolutely have to respect him. He owns everything about the sport. The only thing missing in one week is a potential trophy. 
And let's talk Texas Washington. So my favorite team as a kid growing up, go back to the early 70s, was the Washington Huskies. So I'll try to be as objective as I possibly can. But I bet them, I loved them as a kid, went to Husky Stadium again this year. And outside of the last 90 seconds, the Huskies looked like the best coached college football team in all the land. They were brilliant. In fact, Washington is doing something that is really unheard of. And I mean, you have to go back like 70 years. They were 8-0 and in one-possession games, 12 straight wins in one-possession games. Texas had more talent, more NFL bodies, more four- and five-star recruits, more size and strength. And let's be honest, the best NIL collective in college football, they buy who they want. And yet, the best coach in that game, the best quarterback in that game, the best receiving group, and the best game plan, check, 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 Washington. Texas was chasing the Huskies for three and a half hours, and they almost caught him. <laughs> they almost caught him. But they never led, and if not for a muff punt, Washington, I thought, was on the precipice of a blowout win. What the Huskies are doing is really going against history. You don't get to this game by narrowly beating eight teams. You usually have six, seven, or eight blowout wins. You don't get to this game with the lowest number of four- and five-star recruits of the final six teams. How? Michael Penix is insane. Smoothest, calmest, purest thrower of the football in the sport. In fact, you have to go back to maybe a Joe Burrow for anything like it. Easy thrower, accurate thrower. His self-awareness in the pocket, I mean, I know this sounds hyperbolic, but it looks like an NFL veteran. It looks like Breeze or Brady. He always knows where the pass rush is coming from. He's got a lot of college starts. Let me throw a stat at you. Penix, who's mostly a pocket passer, was sacked fewer times in his college career, 44, than the hyper-athletic Caleb Williams was sacked this year. Penix is just different, has an absolute understanding of what's around him, eyes in the back of his head, a sense for when danger's impending, the ability to move out of it. He's more mobile than he lets on. And years ago, before the surgeries, he was a running quarterback, too, at Indiana. You saw Kalen DeBoer allowed him to run last night, just like Ohio State did to C.J. Stroud, and Oregon did to Justin Herbert in his final game. And they're going to let Penix run against Michigan. It's their way to beat him. And those Husky receivers block, and they separate, and they just never drop passes. Texas was favored. Texas should have been favored. But this kind of feels offensively like that 2019 LSU team. A brilliant play caller, a brilliant, smooth, dead-eye college quarterback, and just too many good receivers for a college team to cover. I'm not sure if they beat Michigan. I think Michigan matches up against Washington much better than Texas did. Clearly, however, the Huskies were better than the Longhorns for three and a half hours. Michael Penix Jr., what can you say? You watched it. You watched it all season. Probably should have won the Heisman. I just don't know how you stop this offense, and nobody stopped that LSU offense. And here's the coach after. 
he set the tone pretty quickly and um, I mean just made all the throws all really month um, you know was on another level uh, as far as his mission you know to make sure that this happened and um, you know I think you know you saw it all week in practice um, there was just nothing he was going to let you know where to let slide by where um, we would leave a chant leave uh, leave a doubt uh, that you know we weren't going to find a way to win Michigan is favored over Washington. Michigan should be favored over Washington. In the history of college football, national champions look like Michigan. Six, seven blowout wins, not narrowly escaping due to a brilliant quarterback and a brilliant head coach and a superior receiving core. That's not the history of the sport. I'd probably take Washington in the points. Don't know if they win. It'll be a wild game. But one more point. One of the words in my family I try to keep my kids away from is deserving we don't deserve anything you work for everything florida state thought they deserved to be in they would have been gashed humiliated dominated by all these teams college football now moves to a 12-team playoff so now the people complaining will be two and three lost teams not undefeated ones in an inferior conference but what made last night special college football got out of the deserving business whatever the heck that means on got into the good coach good quarterback healthy good roster four best teams georgia maybe had the best argument but they lost their last game what are you going to do timing matters in life and in everything but deserving gave us blowouts the last 10 years that was magical all right, J-Mac. People getting after Sark. Is Penix now the first or second pick in the draft? Ooh. By the way, you want to guess the Michigan-Washington line? It's moving one way here this morning. Well, I, my, Michigan, I, 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 if I was a line setter, I'd go Michigan uh, th- uh, minus three and a half. Okay. That, Open four. It's now up to four and a half. Okay, so the money's on Michigan. Um, I will say this. We said this yesterday. Texas was a good match for Washington because what Texas struggles with, the secondary, Washington's the best team in the country at throwing the football. Michigan's secondary is much better. They have a pass rush from the edges that is elite. They run the football and won't need to throw it as much as Texas. So my takeaway is Michigan is a much better matchup against Washington. And the history of college football tells you our national champion generally has seven blowout wins throughout the season. Michigan has looked like the best team in the country, certainly an argument all year long. We thought it was Texas early, then they got into some close games. But Michigan looks like a college football national champion works. Now, the one thing Washington has an advantage of, most of the time in college football, if you get behind by 10 or 14 points in a game, and I don't think Washington will fall behind Michigan by that, but if you do get behind, you can be in big trouble. Washington is built to just throw the football for 25 straight plays. Remember how Michigan ran the ball in the second half against Penn State the whole half? Washington could not run the football, and it would not be uncommon for them to have a better half. They are built that if they play poorly, they make mistakes, Washington falls behind. They're built to throw it 30 times. Penix was sacked 11 times all year. So you don't get to him, and when you do, he's got this ability to sense it, move, 
agility mm-hmm. and deliver. I mean, does Washington, do their receivers ever drop a ball? No. It's, it's got to be the most sure-handed receiving group I've ever seen in my three, life. Three pros in that group. Yes. Possibly two first-rounders. I just, this is a big step up in class defensively. Yes. Now, Michigan's elite, and I think, and I'm not comparing TCU last year to Washington. Washington's better. But TCU had that awesome fight. They had a month to prepare for Michigan. Yeah. Look great. A week to prepare for the Natty, and they get smashed. I'm not saying Michigan's no. going to destroy Washington, but, Washington, but I think Michigan should be favored, and Michigan is a much tougher matchup for Washington yeah, than Texas was. Yeah. Well, and Texas has, you know, we said yesterday if Texas outplays Washington, their secondary is not good. So they, they, it was going to be a tough game for Michigan. Regard Texas did not want to did yeah. not want Washington coming down the field with three minutes left. They were best served. They had the ball going against Washington's defense. I don't think Texas led all game, did nope, they? They were nope. playing catch-up, and that's not what you want against Penix. Yeah. A lot more today. Don't forget, 45 minutes from now, where Colin was wrong, where Colin was right. Plenty of both. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back. Herd hierarchy, 50 minutes. Not sure why I said Colin Wright, Colin Wright. I'm so giddy today. My favorite team as a kid is in the national championship. I try not to be a fan, but I'm a little giddy, and I like Texas. So um, yeah, I, w- I want to talk about this because the knock on Sark, I know Steve, I've known him a while, I like Sark a lot. The knock on him, he's not a good game coach, in-game coach. So first of all, he got his team to the playoffs. Um, his offense worked in the NFL. He was coordinator of the year when he was at Alabama. Alabama's offense hasn't been the same since he left. Uh, he can coach. Um, my knock on Sark, and I think his critics aren't wrong, is that sometimes his teams don't feel totally buttoned up. A little loose, too many penalties, turnovers, wasted opportunities. That's fair. I've said the same thing. But let me just offer this. Let me just throw this out there. Do you think Jim Harbaugh's a good coach? Michigan special teams, which he helps coaching, were a disaster for three hours. Do you think Saban's a good coach? His offensive line was inept. The play calling late. I mean, didn't everybody in the world know what Bama was going to do in overtime? Do you think Kalen DeBoer's a good coach? (laughs) The Huskies almost gave that game away with insane mistakes on special teams. My point is, these are 19, 20, and 21-year-old young men with lots of testosterone. They get tight, they get hyper, they get confused. The game's going a 1,000 miles an hour. It's the biggest game in their lives. Young men make mistakes. They mature more slowly than girls. I know I've got six total kids in my family. And some of these kids get rattled. These young men, they're hard to coach. But Sark has a Mac Brown feel. He can handle Michigan. He's not in, uh, he can handle Texas. He's not engulfed by Texas. I've seen Texas coaches my entire life just get engulfed by the program, the donors, the money, the spectacle, the pressure. Mac Brown never did, and Sark doesn't. He loses games. He never loses the locker room. He never loses the program. Listen, everybody that's faced Kalen DeBoer in the last two years, he makes everybody look like a bad coach. Dan Lanning at Oregon is a spectacularly capable young coach. He's 0-3 against Kalen DeBoer. And two of the three games, Duck fans want his head on a platter. Think he blew the game. That's why Saban got so many coaches fired in his prime in the SEC. And why Harbaugh's got Ryan Day, who beats everybody but Georgia and Michigan. He's got Ryan Day feeling heat. Great coaches make other really good coaches. And Sark's a really good coach. They make them look loose, not quite buttoned up. Washington is spectacularly coached. 8-0 in one-score games. 12 straight one-score wins. Now, the final four plays for Texas... 
You guys would bang on Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. We bang on coaches for play calling. Sark talked about those final plays. It's a tricky situation in that you're out of timeouts, and so we have to be very careful that we don't complete a ball short of the goal line or pretty much the game's going to end at that point. So when you're forced to throw it into the end zone each time, it makes it difficult, especially when they're defending the end zone. Uh, so we were just trying to create some matchups um, with some different route combinations to, to create some one-on-ones and to give, uh, give our playmakers a chance to make a play. And um, we just weren't quite able to do it that's exactly what they did it's exactly what i would have done they didn't have a lot of time they had to put it in the air and a couple of great plays by husky defensive backs sealed the washington win play calling not quite buttoned up wasted opportunities harbaugh's special teams last night were inept bama's offensive line quarterback play late was inept and Washington almost handed Texas a win, and they're brilliantly coached. This stuff's not easy. Tark feel, Sark feels big enough. Sark feels big enough for Texas. Like a young Mac Brown. The team's not there yet, but they're good, and they're not going anywhere. And they continue to dominate Texas recruiting. Their NIL's great. They've got players everywhere. Bringing back top quarterbacks. He's fine. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Washington's last 90 seconds, I'm like, my God, they're going to hand it to Texas. I did think Quinn Ewers was pretty tremendous. It looked like he got a concussion on that one hit where his head went down hard. Yeah. Arch Manning got his but helmet I thought on. he played well. I mean, Quinn, I, I don't know why Quinn Ewers isn't coming out in the draft. I think he's a first-round pick. He's no, he's no Penix. He's late first round. I'm taking a chance on him. He looked good, man. Poised in the pocket. Well, he was a touch great, on the deep balls. No, no, Ooh. he's he's got a he's got a Jay Cutler arm. Like nope, like there's other things you don't have to like about him. I was texting a GM last night, but he reminds me of Cutler, where when he wants to let it loose, cut it loose, it's like, oh no, no, he's got a big boy NFL arm. Um, that Penix Burrow thing, I I have the same comparison. I like the, the throws he was making last night. I mean, I mean sideline <laughs> throws, literally. Like Eli Manning to Mario Manningham, like in a little bread basket, like like you can't throw it any other way. In stride, too. In yeah, they have stride, to wait for it. yeah. Guys covered and it's little tiny windows to throw it in and it lands perfectly seven, eight, nine times in a row. I, do you feel like a come down from football? Like we were watching so much football the last few days, right? It's just like, what do we have today? Well, you and I both, you're texting me during the game. So you and I love college football. I think every football fan was watching last night, Sunday, Saturday. I believe by next year, college football will go up another 10 to 15% in ratings. And I think you'll make a case that it's the number two sport in the country behind the NFL. I think it's on the rise. I don't think the NBA is on the rise. Um, I think baseball sort of plateaued. Depends what metric you want to use, you know, like, but... Yeah, college football. I mean, 12-team playoffs going to be awesome. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Less awesome, Colin, are the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Lost four or five. Uh, they're not going to get the number two seed. That's almost certainly going to Dallas. To make matters worse, A.J. Brown, very upset. He has been held out of the end zone completely in December. Not great as, they, as the team struggles. Here's what Nick Sirianni had to say when asked if Brown is frustrated. I don't want to speak for him, but, you know, obviously we're all frustrated. Um, You know, we're all frustrated right now, especially, you know, coming off that loss yesterday. And so, you know, you know, you want to be able to have fun. You want to be able to do all these things and, 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 you know, that football brings. 
but sometimes it's hard to have fun and hard, hard to find the enjoyment when you're in a rut like we are. It's weird because Brown's numbers this season in one fewer game are way up over last year. He's yeah. got 17 more catches, more targets. Uh, the yards are about the same. But during this losing streak, they haven't been able to find him. Yeah, that's, and, a, that's a problem. Yeah, and the other thing is um, when you lose games, uh, players sort of sometimes can get very individual. You know, what about me? If Philadelphia was winning these games, nobody's talking about it. Last year, if you remember, it was very brief, but I think A.J. Brown had been upset on the sidelines once last year. I had talked about it on on social media and on the air. There's a little he's, – he's, he needs to get fed. He wants to eat. I get He's it. not the first wide receiver to act like that. Yeah, you know? um, but I, I think if they were winning, this wouldn't – this is yeah. heightened because they're losing and he's not getting into the end zone, but – um, and, and I think you can create special packages to get him the ball more. But his wow. value, he is a tough matchup because of his strength. The deep ball stuff has been taken away. He was just streaking downfield yeah, last year. Some, some of this is what Mahomes dealt with, where people were like, okay, we're just not going to give you deep stuff to Tyreek Hill. We're just not going to give it to you. A lot of teams have looked at Philly and said, we're just not going to give yep. you A.J. Brown over the top. So some of that is teams adjusting. Now, Devonta Smith got banged up this past week. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to go this week. I mean, probably hold him out for the playoff game. So um, Philly, they got time to get right, Colin, but I don't, uh, I don't think they're losing to Tampa in the first round. Do you? I think it's competitive. I think it's competitive. I think they'd win, but I think it's, I mean, it's in Tampa. Because they could end up being the wild card. Yeah, Tampa right. wins in their favor I watched, uh, over Carolina. I watched Washington and Taylor Heineke give Tom Brady trouble. Remember when he had to go Taylor up, Heineke, up. I think, was at home in that one. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right, you're right. Baker at home is better than Taylor Heineke. Ah, with, Baker at home last week was total garbage. Well, he uh, was last was, week. He's yeah. inconsistent. But Baker at home against the defense that can't defend the back end? Mm, interesting. Okay. All right. Um, I think it's way, interesting. I'm going to add this. Josina Anderson, NFL reporter, put mm. out the cryptic tweet. Oh, well, a um, lot. Other than the obvious in the NFC East, there could be, there's one coach kind of in trouble. Okay, so if it's not Ron Rivera, Colin, is it Sirianni, McCarthy, or Dable? And a lot of people were, you know, suggesting to me on social that it's Sirianni. And I'm like, guys, come My, on. The Philadelphia is a pressure cooker. Philadelphia has it shown it. went a, to the Super Bowl last year. Yes, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Bye, but Doug. He was a disaster at the end, like tanking that Week 18 game, and the, mm -hmm. the fans got on his case. Mm -hmm. this, They're this in is the playoffs. A, this is a little bit of a disaster. You think Sirianni could be in trouble? I think Philadelphia has incredibly high standards and a history of moving off drama or trouble. They do not wait for it to bottom out. That's not what the Eagles do. If they see a dip, they move on. Chip Kelly went 10 and 6, 10 and I 6. I think he got a raw deal, yeah. He went 10 and 6 and 10 and 6 with B and C level quarterbacks. By the third year, the rumors were he's done after this year. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl, little drama out. Philadelphia is different. They're not the league. They move off winning coaches. They moved off Nick Foles. I, I'm on record. This would be a mistake. Okay, you lose both coordinators. The, the you, I mean, you could lose Kelsey in the middle. You could lose Lane Johnson. Like, ah, I think this is a massive overreaction. I think the guy's McCarthy to watch in Dallas. But that's just me. All right, next up, speaking of coaches in trouble, Bill Belichick's future in New England may just be one game left. They play the Jets this weekend and in an appearance on the Greg Hill Show. Belichick gave further insight into his plans after the season. 
You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on, you know, Twitter and, and my face so everybody could see it. But I don't do that, then I'll just keep it private. Whatever success I have had, I've tried to go about my job the same way every week. Win, lose, you know, good years, bad years, whatever they are, on a week-to-week -week basis. I mean, I don't want to spend time or get caught up in what happened five years ago or what's going to happen two years from now or, you know, I mean, a bunch of other random stuff. So just working on the Jets. Yeah, I'm committed to the team that I'm coaching right now. The players that are here, they deserve my best every day, and that's what I'm going to give them. He's still a great defensive mind and structurally understands how to do foundational things for winning football. But his inability to remove himself from the draft is his undoing. They just do not have enough special players. And Bill has taken too much control over the organization on draft weekend, and he's paid a price. Go look at their last seven drafts. There's almost no special offensive players. That's on Bill. Last year, two kickers, three guards. Come on, give me a break. Like, so the, the, his undoing, it's a little Greg Popovich. You get the money, you start talking about the fine wine you drink and your politics, and it's like, hey, these coaching jobs are all working class. They pay well, but it's about being one of the people. You've got to walk into that locker room and relate to the troubled kid, the great player, the average player. You don't get a locker room full of people you want, which Bill had voiced years ago to Urban Meyer. I think what his undoing is he could not remove himself, be very careful about wanting ultimate power. He had it, and his drafts are undoing his coaching. They just don't have enough good players. I uh, think it was yeah. at the end with um, at Texas. Uh, who was the coach at the where they were struggling, and they're like, is Texas back? And I think it was Mac Brown. He kept looking for wide receivers. Like, he, there were quarterbacks that were good in Texas, and he wanted to make them wide receivers. RG3, Johnny Menzel. Remember that? He was yeah, just he like, missed clueless. on a lot of missed quarterbacks. Lot. Yeah. I wonder if there's a belichick Mac Brown connection. Just at the end, guys just not seeing well, the Well, I think it's Greg Popovich will not embrace, at least he didn't until this year, the three-point shot. It's like, bro, the culture's changed. Get over it. Like, you just have to embrace new stuff. And I think when you give older men power, leverage, money, uh, they start think they have all the answers. Money can do that to people. And in the end, Popovich is like, I'm going to do it this way only. And Belichick's like, I'm going to do it this way only. You as a coach or a GM have to sacrifice just like the last guy on the roster does. It's about sports. It's about commitment and sacrificing for others. If Harbaugh says no to the Chargers, I think they should pass on Belichick. I, I don't I think would, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'd see, that's not the answer. Uh, final story, the Bears uh, will have a big decision coming this offseason um, with their quarterback, Justin Fields. Do they oh. draft Caleb Williams? I don't know. Is Michael Penix in the discussion, Cowherd? But after Fields' performance against the Falcons, listen, man, another dub. The Bears are looking good. Fans and teammates, we heard DJ Moore <laughs> talk about wanting to keep JF1, can I call him that? Justin Fields? I don't know. Uh, in Chicago, fans serenaded their quarterback with the We Want Fields chant at the end of the game. <laughs> it's a little bit much. Um, I think, what do you say? Fan is short for fanatic. I think once people step away after the well, season. On this heater, where they've won four of five, it's their defense in that stretch has been the number one scoring defense. They're playing bad quarterbacks mostly, and he's completing 59% of his throws with a 77 passer rating. So, you know, this the last five games, everybody's like, whoo, four yeah. touchdowns, three picks, with a number one receiver, number one tight end, and a better-than-average O-line. So, I mean, again, 
we all have recency bias. I would move him to Atlanta. By the way, if I was Justin Fields and I got to play indoors and not that snow fest, and I got Pitts and Drake London, that O-line, well, and those running backs. He, he may get a new coach. And an offensive coach. I'm well, just saying, you could say, oh, poor Justin Fields. If you told me as a kid who grew up in Georgia, I can go play for the Falcons indoors in that wonky division, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good second gig. By the way, how about NFC North quarterback uncertainty next year? You got Goff locked in. Uh, you and I have discussed Jordan Love. Jordan I, know, Love. I know they like him, but there is a, there's going to be a contract issue this offseason. It's going to come up, the money. And then you've got the Vikings. We don't know what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. That's By the way, Kirk Cousins went into this year without a new deal. Popped his Achilles Chicago. and is now ticked There's off. There's total certainty. It's going to be Caleb Williams. Is it? We don't know that. Is I'll, Penix, I'll bet Drake you May? another steak dinner. You, I think you owe me like It's going to be dinner. Caleb Williams, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and Jordan Love you on opening Co- day. Okay, lock it up, Internet people. You know everybody watches and clips off stuff and throws it in our face a No, year that's later. what it's going to be. You I'm not wrong. saying it's going to be that the whole season. But week one. Week one, it's going to be Goff, Cousins, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Love. Jordan Love won the job. He's been more than capable. Those young receivers, Jordan Love, that's not their issue. Their issue is their defense is a sieve. All right, listen. I know new information. Things happen. I, I, I will say two of those. I'll say one and a half are good to go. Goff for sure. And I think Love will be the guy if he gets his new contract. You got to pay Jordan Wait, you Love. Think, you think Green Bay is just going to let him walk? No. no. That's okay, not- I'm the GM. I am the GM of the Packers. He's under contract yeah, next year. Yeah. You're Jordan Love's agent. Yeah. I'm the GM okay, of the Packers. Okay, fine, fine. Go Let's ahead. do it. Let's do it. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Jordan Love, you know, he got that new deal last year, one plus one. Yeah. Um, it was a prove-it deal, and guess what? Jordan Love proved it. So we would like to rip up the final year of his deal. He's not playing for $12 million when he's a top 12 quarterback in the league. So just uh, let's talk turkey. What, 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 what kind of numbers are you be looking at for the um, new contract? He's under contract for the year. Why don't you call me at Thanksgiving? We'll start okay. working on the extension. Okay, we will hold out, and then we'll call you at Thanksgiving and discuss the extension. I'm not playing for 12. I'm not putting my guy at jeopardy for $12 million next season when Daniel Jones is making making 40, and well, Kyler Murray's making 40. Thank you We're for not giving me that. the heads up. I'll draft Bo Nix and start okay. him. Enjoy Bo Nix. Good luck with that. We'll and, see you and, shortly. And, and uh, you'll pass on 12 and make zero, and good luck in a market when the five teams that need quarterbacks all found one. Yeah, okay. Well, I, hey, listen. I, you asked me to prove it. I showed you everything I got. I had us on the cusp of the playoffs. If your defense could get oh, their act together. The, cusp of the playoffs. Yeah, with the youngest wide receiver room in the league. Yeah, yeah. We could we could win the Super Bowl next year with yeah. me. Good luck with Bo Nix. You have amnesia about October? Okay. <laughs> J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. The hol- Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. 
and now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out. As the NBA postseason winds down, it's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, welcome back. So, uh, Matt Leiner, as we watched huge ratings last night, Michael Penix put on a display, and it's very interesting. So, Matt Leinert had a tweet. It says, Michael Penix Jr. making a case to be the top pick in the draft, question mark, as pure a thrower as I've seen. So, I have talked to three NFL execs in the last three weeks on Michael Penix. All of them say he is the best pure thrower of the football since Joe Burrow. And all three said they'd be terrified to draft him at the top of the draft. Um, I think he's too good to pass on. Um, I think it's high risk, high reward. If you look at the top 15 teams in the draft outside of Arizona with Kyler Murray, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and the Jets with Aaron, and a massive need at left tackle. They are a disaster. Worst left tackle in football. Outside of that, 12 of 15 teams could draft Penix. I mean, Minnesota's got Kirk Cousins. You think he's going to be there in two, three years? Uh, Derek Carr, you can get out of that contract in New Orleans in a year. I could make an argument. Now, is Caleb Williams going to get drafted number one? Yes. Because he's even more athletic than Michael Penix with no serious injury history. So he's a better prospect. You have to consider the injuries. I've talked to three different general managers. All of them are like, yeah, I'd be terrified to draft him. Um, There is something that's interesting. So 
at Indiana, he ran around a lot. Then he had multiple injuries, and now he's a pocket guy. But you saw last night, Kalen DeBoer knowing, okay, he's got two games left, now one. C.J. Stroud, Georgia, Justin Herbert, Oregon. You saw Washington let him run last night, and they're going to let him run against Michigan. And it's going to be tantalizing. He will not look as good against Michigan, my guess is, as he did against that really mediocre Texas secondary. But if you look around the NFL right now, um, Caleb's going one. You go to that top 15 board. Now, does he have a great coach? Yes. Do they have a great OC, great receivers? Yes, yes, yes. A great left tackle? Yes. I'm not denying that. But size, poise, arm, accuracy, uh, I, you, you can certainly make arguments that he is number two. I will say this. We know all the quarterbacks won't work. But I don't remember a draft class uh, with, with a Caleb, a Michael Penix, a Jaden Daniels, a Derek May. Uh, you know, you forget Bo, Na- Bo Nix yesterday threw four, five touchdowns. I'd keep your eye on the Denver Broncos at 14 and Bo Nix at Oregon. I would keep your eye on that. He is Drew Brees uh, with mobility. Super hyper accurate. A lot of college starts. I just think Penix is too good. I think you got to take a swing on it. He talked about last night after the game. If I would say that um, I had to get hurt four times for me to get to this point, you know, uh, that's not something that I would have thought of. But, man, I, I feel like it was all worth it, man. Um, I, I feel like everything that I've been through is definitely worth it and shaped me into the person, the player, and the man I am today. Uh, so I, I would take a swing. I, I, like if, if I'm – I'll give you an example. So I watch these mock drafts, the New York Giants. So the New York Giants have a great left tackle. This draft is really good with left tackles. They have a good rush end. At the top of this draft, there's good rush ends. Now, they could certainly use a wide receiver, but would it be the craziest thing in the world to draft Michael Penix and let's see him play against Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Michael Penix, all had injuries. Who throws the best ball? I don't think it's close. And I like Tyrod Taylor. So I, the Giants at five, because, you know, Caleb's going one. You, you can go to the, your Reddit board and argue that. He's going to go number one. Um, unless something crazy happens. Um, I, I think the Commanders, Patriots, Giants, I think you have to consider Penix. I think you have to consider him. Uh, Titans, Will Levis, got to consider him. Jets are so bad at left tackle, and there's two great left tackles. I I would not draft a quarterback for the Jets because it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Aaron Rodgers cannot last 17 games with that situation at left tackle. He can't. You have to protect your investment with Aaron Rodgers. You have to get a left tackle. And and they're, they're not going to be gone at that point. I'd even move up if I had to get a left tackle if you're scared. But um, there's, uh, you know, your takeaway on this, I don't want to overreact, and I'll say it again, Caleb won. But what you're watching here, and, and contextualize it, they have a great offensive coach, a great coordinator, great receivers. But it does look, it's got a, it does have a little Joe Burrow feel to it. Like, it's just calm, self-awareness, movement, accuracy, deep ball. I mean, it's, he, it's, Everything looks easy, right? Everything. So we're seeing Patrick Mahomes with no great wide receivers, even really good ones, kind of struggle a little. Right, right. We saw Joe Burrow in college with great wide receivers. Joe Burrow in the NFL, great wide receivers. 
How much of this is Penix's receivers are tremendous versus Penix, who was a good quarterback at Indiana and was good at Washington and has now made the jump to superstar with awesome receivers? Well, he's a very good thrower of the football. So regardless of his win-loss record, because I don't think that's the – I don't think NFL – I think NFL people look at traits and they just say, that looks like Burrow. That's a left-handed Burrow. It's just – it's beautiful. It's a beautiful ball. Weird accuracy. By the way, Burrow had great receivers. Burrow had a great – protection burrow had a great play caller i mean i mean if you look at what burrow had no that lsu team is better than washington personnel wise but you know who they say uh roma nunze's uh comp is jamar chase that's his comp <laughs> well let me ask how many superstar left left-handed quarterbacks have there been in the league in the last i don't know 30 years well steve, uh, again i'm not being critical steve young pretty good steve young pretty good that's one uh, mark brunell very good mark brunell okay Tua is pretty good. So pretty good. Look at it. three good left-handed. Boomer Esiason won an MVP. Okay, I think that's going back forty years. But that's four guys. I think there is a weird old well, school there's stigma. There's not that many left-handed people. I think they don't pick quarterbacks who are lefty because of the way the pockets shift and protection and left tackles mm-hmm. versus right tackle. I-, I like Penix a lot. Herd hierarchy next. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Oh, 
here we go. Hour number two. We're live in Los Angeles. It's the Hurt. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. We truly appreciate it. Lots of choices out there. Nick Wright, five minutes. Heard hierarchy, two minutes. J-Mac, um, you've got some kids. <laughs> and I've got kids and stepkids. And there's a saying in parenting that is so true. The years fly by. But man, the days are long. When you have kids, they're exhausting. And what makes college football... And what made last night so magical was kids. NFL, it's 28, 29, 30-year-old married men, men with businesses, men with income, men with families. College football is 19, 20-year-old young men. And they make a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Michigan special teams were a cartoon Alabama's snaps to the quarterback, a barnyard musical. Washington melting down in special teams at the end was utterly, laughably insane unless you're a Husky fan. That's what made the games great. And it's what makes college football so special. It's not as refined as the NFL. It's not as slick. It's generally not coached at the same level. It is so deeply flawed and amusing and dramatic that you can dominate a game like Washington and make high school mistakes and let Texas back in. And that you can have a beautiful game plan like Michigan and your special teams look like a Bugs Bunny episode. It is insane. And that's why I love the sport. It's not as good. It's not as good as the NFL. It's not as slick. It's not as refined. It's not as sandpapered. But God, it's wonderful. Absolutely flawed to the core. Young men making mistakes, crying when they win, crying harder when they lose. Last night was so great. I didn't move off my butt for five and a half, six and a half hours, and I couldn't tell you the, the last time I had that much fun. I was nervous for them. I got kids. I was nervous for the part returners. I was nervous for the kickers. I don't watch NFL games like that. It's men. Sometimes it's 35-year-old men. Brady was 45. I'm not nervous for Tommy. (laughs) He's got a zillion dollars. These kids' careers are hanging in the balance. Like their lives, 19, when you're 19, 20 years old, you get a pimple that ruins your weekend. These kids are stressed to the max. NIL, transfer portal, network television. I mean, I'm, I'm nervous for them. I don't watch pro sport. I'm not nervous for LeBron, D. Wade in his prime, Luka. I watch college football or March Madness. I'm nervous for the kids. I was, my, I was pitting out last night watching it. Oh. So when people say, I don't like college football, it's not as good. That's right. That's right. And the Marriott pool's not as good as the Ritz-Carlton. Doesn't mean you can't have a great time with your kids there. Here we go. The Herd Hierarchy Top 10 Teams According to Me. Here we go. Herd Hierarchy. Time is now. Let's go. The Top 10 NFL Teams According to College. 
Number 10. Listen, I don't love Miami, but I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. I mean, if they if they beat Buffalo and they get a home game, I mean, Tua didn't play particularly well, but Baltimore embarrassed Detroit, Seattle, the Niners. Baltimore embarrasses a lot of people. They're 9-0 when they allow 20 points or fewer, and I do think Bradley Chubb's injury is a real killer for this team because they're going to give up more points. And that'll mean a pretty quick exit. But we have to acknowledge um, they're fun to watch. They're very explosive. If Tyreek Hill is healthy and running downfield, they're dangerous Miami at 10. Number nine. I love the Houston Texans. They're the first team with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to make the playoffs since 2012 in the Colts. Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck. Uh, The bottom line here, C.J. Stroud. He's like a veteran. Four games, no turnovers. Bounce back off the concussion. They've got weapons. Uh, Tank Dell, Schultz the tight end, Nico Collins. I don't think they're a multiple playoff win team, but what a story they are in Houston. Number eight. Listen, Kansas City's bad at receiver. Lead the NFL in drops. Uh, eight straight division title. They got a puncher's chance, but Super Bowl champions generally don't look like this, <laughs> where, where they've got issues all over the field. Uh, I think they're going to win playoff games, maybe multiple, um, but it's been rocky. Uh, Travis Kelsey's age is apparent. He limps a lot now. The wide receivers are, they just don't have a one. Rasheed Rice is good. He, he needs another offseason. But Andy Reid, Mahomes, they're a top eight team, certainly capable of winning more than one playoff game. Number seven. I wouldn't want to play the Cleveland Browns. First team to make the playoffs, starting four different quarterbacks. Uh, I, I'm just here to tell you that defense is physical. Joe Flacco has nothing to lose. No team will go into the playoffs more carefree on offense. What are they going to lose? Flacco doesn't care. Flacco's got the back. Flacco's got the trophy. So they're going to come in loose, nothing to lose. Um, They've been banged up at wide receiver. They get them back. I got Cleveland at seven. Number six. The Rams are not a mystery. Great coach, great receiving talent, great quarterback. They're a little like the Washington Huskies. Do you want to play them? With that coach, that quarterback, and those weapons, you want to play them? And one great defensive lineman. Listen, Kyron Williams, the running back, seven straight games over 100 yards. Puka's the rookie of the year, arguably. Uh, Great draft. Stafford healthy. Brilliant coach. Again, house money. Nobody thought they'd be here. Like Cleveland and the AFC, they're going to go into this playoff loose. Stafford McVay already have a trophy. I wouldn't want to play him. Number five. The Cowboys. Listen, 8 note home, 3-5 and five on the road. Uh, you know, I think they are what they are. I don't trust them late in games. That's why I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. I don't necessarily trust them on the road. But Dak does lead the NFL in touchdown passes. I still think they should have gone and uh, at the trading deadline, went after Derrick Henry or a better running back. They have no running game. Tony Pollard's, I mean, he is he a two? He was the third best running back against Detroit. C.D. Lamb's a remarkable talent, but they feel very dependent on C.D. Lamb. Like, wildly dependent on C.D. Lamb. Number four. Detroit. Detroit beat Dallas, be honest. I mean, they they really did. You know, I put Dallas ahead of Miami when they lost. I'm going to put Detroit ahead of Dallas, even though they lost. They're 7-0. 
when they have 140 rushing yards, and with that O-line and those backs, they get there a lot. I think they can score a lot of different ways. I think they can come from behind and win. They can ball control and win. They've got a pass rush. They have a flawed secondary. Almost everybody in the NFL does. I like Detroit and their story. Highly, highly, relentlessly aggressive, sometimes to a fault. Number three. I'm not going to move the Bills. They've won 13 straight regular season games in December and January, and Josh Allen leads the NFL in touchdowns uh, with 42. I do think the emergence of Cook at running back and the O-lines had their best year in about a half a decade. I do believe this is what a conference champion shift team looks like. I think they're going to get to the conference championship. I don't know if they're going to win it, but they do not feel as totally reliant on Josh Allen as previous years, and I like what they're doing. Number two. Uh, San Francisco, I don't think anybody's going to argue. Um, They've won 21 straight regular season games when they score at least 20, and they generally score at least 20. I think they're probably going to rest Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey in the final regular season game. Um, Listen, the, the final two spots, nobody's going to argue. San Francisco's two and number one. Number one. Baltimore has humiliated San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, and Seattle. I don't think there's any question. Lamar should be the MVP. And, and what do you want me to say? I think he's the soul of the team. I think between Harbaugh's chip on his shoulder, Lamar's chip, the toughness, the grittiness, the relentlessness, the competitiveness. I love this franchise top to bottom. Zay Flowers, I know he's like a 5'9 rookie, and a lot of people are like, is he a first-round pick? Holy moly, is that guy a handful? That guy has transformed that receiving core. Sometimes you forget OBJ's on the field. I mean, Zay Flowers is, and by the way, the other kid, Lively, eight, number 80, like a second-year guy. He's emerged as a star. So Baltimore's been good forever. We've always questioned their receiving core. This year, their receiving core often leads the way, Baltimore at one. And with that, Nick Wright joins us. Um, first things first. All right, herd hierarchy. Anything just jump out to you? Yeah, all of it. I mean, you're starting. <laughs> I was so ready to come on here and pay you a compliment. Uh-huh. Because honest to God, Colin, there is there are few things I enjoy in sports media more than listening to you talk about college football. Like a, the passion, the love for it that spans your entire life. And I'm not a huge college football guy. It's moving. And then I see this. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you got one and two right, which is like on the SAT when you get the 400 points for writing your name. And let's just go through it in no particular order. Okay. Right now, Colin, Lions-Rams would be a 3-6 matchup. Yeah. I think you would pick the Rams to win, yet you have them behind the Lions. So, I, If that game happens, you're picking the Rams, so, true or false? Uh, well, I, we talked about this yesterday. I said Detroit, okay. I think... I think Detroit at home... I don't think the Rams would get a pass rush. I think it's not a great matchup for them, and I just feel like Detroit's, it's a bit of a coaching mismatch in my opinion, but we talked about this yeah. yesterday. I would reluctantly take the, the Lions, reluctantly. Okay. Right, yeah, I, well, let, talk to me in a week, because if it happens, my <laughs> guess is you're taking the Rams. Uh, also, on the Lions, Cowboys, and then we'll get to the Bills, I understand the call. I get it. I understand the Lions being upset. But the biggest thing that happened in that game 
was Dan Campbell treating yeah. Yeah. post call like an angry kid playing Madden. Yeah. Who is so mad his receiver dropped a pass. He's like, I'm going for it on fourth and 20. I'm going to show you, Dad. Like, yeah. chill out, man. Like, I, I know it went against you. Go, And I like the aggressive stuff. But going for two from the seven-yard yeah. line is objectively insane. Yes. And they still could have won that game. And then Dallas, Detroit, if they face in round two, would be being played in Detroit. Like, that sequence of events of the Eagles gagging the Cardinals game and the Cowboys escaping, giving Dallas the two seed is one of the most important things to happen this late in the year. And then last but not least, I just here's my question. Where are you going to have the Bills ranked in the herd hierarchy playoff edition when they miss the playoffs? When they lose this weekend and they're not in the playoffs, are you still going to have them in the top five? Colin, did you watch? Did you watch this weekend? Yeah. The Patriots turned the ball over four times in the first 20 minutes inside the 30, including a pick six. And the Bills still tried to lose the game for him. Two weeks in a row, Stick and Zappy almost took him down, and you can't like how they've looked post-Chiefs-Cowboys games. Yeah. You just can't. Two games in a row, you think they're going to go beat Miami? Because I don't. And if they don't beat Miami and Pittsburgh beats Baltimore's backups, look out. The Bills are out of the playoffs, <laughs> and you'll still say they can win the Super Bowl. I'll move them to five. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Your love affair with this team. 14 playoff teams, they're out. I'll move them to five. Um, I, yeah. I, I want to say this about um, uh, Lamar. And one of the things, um, I used to have a Heisman vote. And I remember voting for Eric Bieniemy at Colorado. But he lost to somebody at BYU who had 8,000 yards. And I said, I'm not voting on this nonsense. You didn't watch the games. And I, I really pushed back on Westbrook's MVP, triple-double. And it's objectionable. The, the Lamar stuff. I don't care about his stats. I care about his influence and impact. I've watched him dismantle four good teams. Like, like I, yeah. I still think this is crazy. I still think he's underappreciated, and he's going to win his second MVP. Where do you land with him? No, I listen, the, he's won a unanimous MVP before, and I know the voting is different now. You used to just submit one name. Now you submit a full ballot, one through five. I'd be hard-pressed to hear anyone explain why he's not getting their first-place vote. I think he might be unanimous once again, given the fact that McCaffrey is going to miss Week 18. Tyreek has slowed down a bit. Obviously, you know, the bloom came off the rose with Purdy. So I think Dak should be not, you know, a, a unanimous number two, but a pretty clear number two. Lamar's got to be the guy. And he is an eye test guy with some good, not eye-popping stats the way they were his first MVP year. But I want to put the Lamar conversation on its head to a degree, because I want your reaction to something. Because we have seen Lamar win an MVP before the Ravens be the one seed, and then they lost their first playoff game where he didn't play poorly, where he didn't play well. Lost to the Titans. If, and I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a decent scenario where if the favorites win in round one, that the Ravens' first playoff game is hosting the Browns. Yeah. And that defense yeah. and the Flacco factor, yeah. and it's a third time playing a team, all of it. If Lamar plays poorly and they lose their first playoff game, yeah. are people all of a sudden doing the NBA-NFL Lamar Jackson, James Harden comps. 
unbelievable regular season guy. Yeah. Can't trust him in the playoffs. I don't. I, I don't want that to happen to Lamar. But there's a lot of scenarios where I think this could go left on him because they are clearly the best team. I almost feel like having the two weeks off could work against them. Same. And of all the teams they could play in the first round, I think they'd rather. I know they can't play San Francisco again <laughs> than have Cleveland, yeah. a divisional rival, come to town with yeah. the weird Flacco emotion part of it. That's a tricky spot for them. Yeah, and the reason it doesn't land for me like Harden is because sometimes Harden, um, I'm just not sure he cares on the defensive end. I, he's a great individual player. Sure. sure. I, I think Lamar is so much about Baltimore, the team, the locker room, his teammates. So I hope that doesn't become a reality. So I, I want to ask you about this. I, I said this. It's an interesting topic. I said recency bias is a powerful thing. We show up on Monday and Tuesday and we have big, strong opinions. But during this heater for Justin Fields, his passer rating 77, and their defense is shutting down terrible quarterbacks. And everybody's like, look at this. And I'm like, yeah, and the heater, he's a 59% completion rate guy. And it wouldn't be the worst thing for him to go to home to Atlanta in a dome, in a worse division, not face Goff, Cousins, Jordan Love. Like, in a weird way, he'd be better served with an offensive coach and those weapons inside. I couldn't. 100%. I can't keep Justin Field. Doesn't win enough. He's been banged up. During the heater, it's average. He's just a great playmaker. Where do you land? Well, listen, I think you might be short-selling him a touch, but even whether you are or you aren't, you have to draft Caleb Williams. You can't in consecutive drafts have your choice of quarterbacks and in consecutive drafts not take one unless you are 100% certain this guy is a star. And while I don't, you know, I think he has now moved out of likely bust category, he's far away from surefire. And so, it, yes, you absolutely call Atlanta and see if they'll give you their second round pick and something. The other team, Colin, that I would call, if New England England is going to keep Belichick, maybe you call New England and see if he's interested in trading the 35th pick for Justin Fields, pairing him with Marvin Harrison. But you have to. You absolutely have to take Caleb Williams if you're the Bears and then continue to build from there with the rookie quarterback scale, uh, you know, reset. Can I can I throw one thing? Because I mentioned New England. I know this isn't planned, but I just thought of it and yeah. I wanted your take on it. Do you think the Patriots are a potential landing spot for Russell Wilson if they keep Belichick. Do you think that could be the spot that Russell goes? Because there's not going to be a lot of teams that no. offer Russell a starting job. Do you think that's on the board if they don't get one of the top two quarterbacks because they beat the Jets, they fall to the fifth pick or something? Could you see that happening? We talked about it. No, because I think the third quarterback taken is either going to be... Michael Penix, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels, and those are way better than average prospects. I, I think this oh, okay. year, I, I think, I mean, I watched Bo Nix yesterday. If Bo Nix is the fifth quarterback taken, he reminds me of a more athletic Drew Brees. I'm like, that's the fifth okay. quarterback? So I think it's a, it's a legitimate question, but I think it's just a strange year with great prospects. Speaking of NFL and college, Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh, to yeah. me, is better for college football. He's a disruptor. He's polarizing. I think he's just great for the sport. 
we already got a harp on the NFL. We're fine. Um, what would you do? NIL makes recruiting kind of a pain in the butt. What would you do if you were Harbaugh, knowing his entire resume? Oh, if I, I mean, if I were Harbaugh, I think I'd do exactly what he's going to do, which is very publicly flirt with the entire NFL and really make Michigan pay you all the money <laughs> that you gave back and then some and then stay and be a legend. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what he will do and what he should do. Also, this Harbaugh renaissance is such a great turn of events for, if I may say so, me. Because, and I've told you this before, eight years ago, when I was first got hired by FS1 and I filled in for you, I did a, a rant about how if you don't tell me if you're going to coach college or pro and you can pick any coach available, the number one draft pick should be Jim Harbaugh because he uh, you, he can be excellent at both levels and I think he has now, and then he lost Ohio State six times in a row and I look like a fool. Now, I think that take is back from the dead. Let me ask you, Colin, all coaches available college or pro yeah. if you can hire one but you don't get to know are they coaching your nfl or your college team isn't he the no doubt first coach off the board isn't he the best dual threat coach in football right now yeah yeah i mean it's just it's it's second is arguably dan quinn who would <laughs> i mean okay. who yeah. got by the way outside of the kyle shanahan years well it was pretty yeah. average that's second yeah yeah, because it can't be Saban, it can't be Urban. Belichick, as we have no idea, you know, is too old. Andy Reid's not recruiting. It's got to be Harbaugh. So somebody find the grainy tape when I had a shaved head and wore fake glasses. <laughs> that tape, back from the dead, seven and a half years later. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Nick Wright, first things first. The show is on fire. Uh, very Here prominent a billboard campaign, Here. whatever. Here we and, go. Uh, I knew are, it. I knew it. You know, it. last I week I wasn't bitter, but after about 32 sightings, I'm getting up there. Whatever. Okay, yeah, I figured. Well, you know, meanwhile, I will just say continue to be not only America's voice of reason, <laughs> but America's most trusted college football voice, which this time of year I really lean on. So I'm just happy for you and your continued <laughs> success. And I hope you think of that when you see my face when you drive off the uh, Fox lot today yeah. with that n massive, nice billboard we have. All right. Nick Wright. See ya. First things first. Um, yeah, God, college football's glorious. Flawed. Bit of a mess. Glorious. I'm sitting there, and I like Texas, and I like Sark. That last 90 seconds for Washington, I'm going, no. No, don't, 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 this is not the way it's supposed to end. Washington's supposed to win these close games. I've seen this before. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, 
FIFA and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of The Colin Cowherd Show. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I thought Joel Klatt was doing one of those uh, talkback things. No, 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 no. Not after games like that. I said, I got to be in studio. I got to be with Colin. Here we go. And your beautiful family. It's the only college game you get to go to all year yeah. and just be a fan. Well, that's right. It's uh, The Rose Bowl is, and there's a picture that you're, you're seeing right now. There's, oh. there's uh, me and my bride and my three boys. It's the only game I get to go to college game and take my three sons and just watch. And that, I mean, what... What a special afternoon that was. By the way, they interviewed uh, Jack Harbaugh, his mom and dad, after the game. And they, you know where Jim and Jim... Oh, yeah. Jim is Jack. And Jim and Jack is... I mean, they're like identical people. It's incredible. So you watch the Michigan game, and they, listen, they held Bama to 90 yards in the first. I thought mm-hmm. offensive-defensive line play, I thought Michigan was better. Yeah. Their special teams were a disaster. And I watched yeah. Michigan seven times this year. The special teams were fine. Yeah. Um, can we just say, I said this earlier, they're 20-year-old kids, Washington special teams, Michigan special teams. Michigan was the better team and almost gave it away. Is that fair? I think that's totally fair. Um, Michigan was the better team. This yeah. is why Jim didn't have to go for two at the end of the game because he just thought, like, well, we're just going to continue to dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's exactly what ended up happening. In a lot of ways, Bama was fortunate to be in the position that they were I in thought- because of the – I mean – the miscues of the special teams were egregious I've never miscues. Seen anything like it. it was wild to see Michigan like that. But that you know this this team has ever since I've started covering them had a chip on their shoulder, and and they would say behind closed doors, you know, we want to go out there and prove that we're more physical than than an SEC team, that we're faster, we're stronger, we're better than an SEC team, and and in a lot of ways they they proved that this year at least, and. I totally agree with you. Michigan was 
a, a completely a better team outside of Jalen Milrow making some plays and then the punt team for Alabama. That was the best unit on the field. It was the punt <laughs> team for Alabama flipping the field a few times. Okay, Ravens best team in the NFL. Michigan looks like the best team in college football. What's the connection I'm hearing? Well, about? I mean, the connection runs so much deeper than anybody actually realizes. And it goes back to the COVID year when there was talk when Jim Harbaugh was going to be fired. Yeah. And and they wanted to, to walk away from Jim and restart and, and do something else. And, and they stuck with him. He took that reduced contract. And his move, his switch, was calling his brother. And he said, hey, man, like... I have to get it right, and I have to beat Ohio State specifically, and I'll tie that in here in a little bit. And he called John. He said, I need your defense. Give me two guys. And he gave him Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter, and he said, choose one. And he chose Mike McDonald, and Mike McDonald was the defensive coordinator at Michigan for 2021, and Jesse went to Vanderbilt in order to get coordinating experience from that tree. Okay, so Jesse goes, and he's Jim told John, like, I don't want to choose. Both of these guys are great. I could take either one, and John says, well, you got to choose one, and the other will go coordinate at, you know, at Vanderbilt. So he chooses Mike McDonald. Mike then goes back to Baltimore to be the defensive coordinator, so what does Jim do? Hey, give me the other guy. And so he brings in Jesse Minner, and now Jesse Jesse Minter and Mike McDonald are both coordinating the two best defenses in football. And they're running a very similar, if not the exact same scheme. And now what you're starting to see both in the NFL and in the college ranks is that people are chasing down this scheme. They all want a piece of what's going on. And what's going on is they build a run front with their defensive tackles. They play hard edges on the outside with those rush ends. And then they've got hybrid players in the middle of their defense. Linebacker, nickel, and safety with good, solid coverage guys on the edge and that's what they've built both of them and they're eerily similar and you've seen them dominate both levels of football in the NFL and college and it goes back to that COVID year Jim calling John and saying I want your two best brightest young guys and he gave them Mike McDonald and Jesse Miller. I saw Texas in Tuscaloosa power through Bama I saw Bama's O-line could not block Michigan for big chunks of the game do we look at Bama and say listen they're still a very good program but it's different now it's different now. They're getting pushed around this year by two teams. And by the way, Washington beat Texas. Yeah. So I, I looked at Alabama and I'm like, that's the fourth best team. If Georgia was in this thing, they're better than – I think if they played again – Yeah, they I weren't mean, that one day, but I think Georgia on the, on just, the whole of the season I mean, was better. I, I have not seen a Bama team – dominated up front like Texas did late in Tuscaloosa and like Michigan did. You know, I, I don't think it's the end of Bama. They, don't, they recruit they'll too. They'll be good. They'll, they'll good. continue to be Very good. good. I think what you're seeing is not necessarily like the demise of, of a singular team as much as what you're seeing is the what, what's the word? The proliferation is that the uh, pro proliferation of talent throughout the country yeah. and that's that's now transfer portal and nil and what you're seeing now is yeah. is that you're not seeing the loaded great teams and you're seeing like six seven eight really good teams I, I think it's better for the sport i also think it's better for the sport and i think that played out yesterday in those two games which both were outstanding but what you're seeing now is is you're seeing the opportunity for schools to use the development model in order to be elite teams in the sport Michigan's not littered with five-star players no, like Georgia have, they don't and have Bama. A, they don't have, have a dumb – none of their receivers could start for Washington. I don't think – I mean, maybe Roman Wilson. Maybe. Maybe. And, and Colston Loveland, the tight end, he would no, be on good. the field. Yeah, he's, he's, an, he's an excellent player. But you bring up a, a, a strong point. I would also do this. Like, if you're looking forward, this matchup, to me – 
I immediately started thinking to myself, well, this is a matchup that is right in the wheelhouse for Michigan. And, and it's like, well, why, why is that? Well, this version of Michigan goes back to the phone call to John Harbaugh. What did Jim have to do? Beat Ohio State. What was Ohio State in 2020 and 2021? C.J. Stroud, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's the exact team with a different logo that Michigan said, we have to build ourselves to beat them. The 21 Ohio State team is basically the 23 Washington team. Yeah. And so Michigan is uniquely suited to play Washington. To play Washington. Yeah. They built themselves for this style. Yeah, no, this, I said this. I thought Texas, I, I took Washington money line yesterday. My take is Texas, it was a bad matchup for them. That's right. Their that, pass defense wasn't good enough. So even if they outplayed Washington, Washington would just come down the field if you did a prevent defense late and move at will. Michigan's a different ball game. Good I secondary. Agree. So I want to go to Texas, Washington. I'm from the Northwest, bit of a homer. I would say this, though. I watched Michigan special teams implode. Alabama's offense implode. Brilliantly coached Washington special team almost give the, the game away. Mm-hmm. We bang on Sark for his in-game coaching. These are 20-year-olds. That's right. Not 29 to 34-year-old pros. I agree. These, I mean, Sark got his team there. He won in Alabama. Washington was a bad matchup for him. Okay, so I agree with a lot of that. If, if you're just running down the Texas angle, um, if, if this team was going to live by the sword and die by the sword, aggressive play calling on first down. That's what Sark is. We talked about him yeah. having time and building a matchup, building yeah. a game plan, and, and that's what he is. Think about what he did to Bama the last couple of years. What was it? Aggressiveness early. What he did to get Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Aggressiveness early. And, and what that does, though, is it leads to a situation where if his quarterback is not playing great, yeah. it's second and ten. And now all of a sudden, their first six third downs of the game were third and ten or more. Well, that's, that's not a recipe for success. You cannot sustain that offensively. So, again, that's not a Sark problem. I think what's going to end up happening is I think that there's going to be a lot of heat on Quinn Ewers. That's what I think. And, and in particular because of those four plays to finish the game. Yeah. Now, you can we could debate like the, the clock rules and what happened with Dylan Johnson that even allowed Texas to go down the field in the first place. That was kind of wild that with the was, injury and the timeout. That was a huge break for Texas. Huge. I mean, literally a a game-changing break the thing Washington didn't want to do the only thing that would get him in trouble is a player getting hurt and stopping the clock which which again like I don't know how to address it in the rules but that needs to be addressed (laughs) like obviously that's clear but you go down and now like that aside Texas has first down 15 seconds from what was it the 12 yard line 11 yard line right around there and 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 they've got great wide receivers they've got what's supposed to be a good quarterback and that sequence at the end was awful it was terrible. As a quarterback, you've got to know that you can't throw a swing route. He did that like a fake pitch and then throws the swing on first down. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, what was that? Then he panics on second down, throws it out of bounds. On third down, makes a quality play to save a fourth down attempt. He's getting pressure. He kind of dumps it out. And on fourth down, Colin, this is where I think Texas fans are going to be really upset, is that Adonai Mitchell was open. He's open. If Michael Penix is on the field, that ball is thrown with co- correct velocity, trajectory, and leverage, and is a completion. Yeah. And Ewers threw the wrong ball. Yeah. It's 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 about 
pitch selection, yes. not play selection. The play was correct. Mitchell's open. He's got a back shoulder pylon throw waiting for him. It's there. The defense was wrong. They were misplaying the formation. They were misplaying the leverage. And Ewers lofts a fade. Yeah. Basically out of bounds. Guess what? Newsflash, 100% of passes that are out of bounds are incomplete. Yeah. You've got to give yourself a chance in yeah. that one. And that's what Penix does such a good job of is his pitch selection and accuracy and leverage is uncanny. He reminds me, he does. I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow, but this, this team reminds me from play caller to weapons to quarterback. Penix and Burrow have this ability, this calmness mm -hmm. that is... Um, yeah, it's funny. Penix has been sacked in his career fewer times than Caleb Williams got sacked this year. Wow. And think, think about the hyper-athleticism of Caleb. And my takeaway is Michael's very unique. Burrow is. You look at Burrow and you're like, he's not that big, doesn't have a power arm. And you're like, yeah, I think he's better than Mahomes today. Sometimes great is hard mm -hmm. to figure out. What is Penix? Because when I watch him, he sees the field better than it feels like 90% of the NFL. So Michael Penix is an elite quarterback, elite quarterback. I think he should be drafted in the top five, Yeah, no doubt. I think the, the knee injuries will scare people off. No question. And, and, and they, he might fall, but I don't think he gets past 10. Because what you see is, is, is directly comparable to what he needs look, to do at the National Football League level. Look, look at how when the pocket collapses, absolutely calm total calmness and even when he's not ready to throw he manipulates the pocket with with ease to get himself into a position to make throws and let me point out something uh, something else there, there is a huge difference between guys that throw the ball well and guys that pass the football well and Michael Penix is a passer. And the difference is, is that he understands leverage. And, and understanding leverage, you take a guy that's accurate with the football, and then when you watch all of these plays, Colin, what sticks out? The ball is always away from the defense. Yeah, it's very Brady-esque, very yes. Burrow-esque. And, and it's like an entry pass in basketball to a postman. It's always away from the defense. He's always allowing his player an opportunity to make a play. He's always putting the odds in these wide receivers receiver's favor. It's not a 50-50 ball. It's a 60-40 ball. At, at worst, it's a 70-30 ball. It's a 90-10 it's a ball. Why? Because he understands leverage. That's passing the football. He takes it to another level and he protects himself well with both timing and the manipulation in the pocket to be, of being an athlete. This guy is an elite player. I think he upgrades 13 NFL teams next week. And if I was if I was drafting next spring, oh, yeah. I would I would really look at this guy. Michael Penix is a, and by the way, this whole narrative, and you know who you are if you push this, that the, the Heisman was done before the the conference championship games, and it wasn't a conversation between Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I mean, it just means that you didn't watch Washington football. Thank you. Because Jaden Daniels, as incredible as his season was, did it against Grambling and Georgia State to the tune of eleven touchdowns. Yeah. So you can pad your stats in a yeah. three loss team, or you can be undefeated and have to be have to be the catalyst for your team, which he was. Michael Penix is an excellent player, and the fact that it wasn't even a debate at the end for the Heisman Trophy just shows that people don't watch Washington football. Yeah. In the Northwest, we don't pad our stats. Just not how we roll. Wow. Okay, so...
You know, can I, uh, I'm not a, 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 you know, pet, people have asked me, you know, you go on these conventions or something, talk radio, and does anything bother you calling about the industry? And I'm like, I get paid, I'm off at noon, not much, cocktails by four. <laughs> and my life's just one. The everyman. You know, it, America's honesty life. broker. It's a good life. I, it's not like you're uh, slumming it either, pal. So anyway, the point is. Not saying I am. So when I It's hear, almost golf season. When I hear, <laughs> when I hear this. The NIL is ruining the sport. The Liberty Bowl is dying. I'm like, bye-bye. Everybody has a funeral. My point is, this is great. If you're giving me this year with Dion, Did you just say that? Everybody has a funeral? I'll have one. I'm about, you know, 20 years away, depending on my lifestyle. (laughs) The point being is... Nothing lasts forever. Oh, except in our memories, which is a line from, uh, what is it? River runs through it. Um, you're exactly right. I love this year. A hundred percent. The best year in a The decade. only bad part of this year is that there were not more teams playing playoff games. That we didn't get a chance to see Florida State play a playoff game yeah. or Georgia play a playoff game, right? Like, I want to see Ohio State play a playoff game and not have all the transfers and, and, and opt-outs. And by the way, kids, Ohio State's quarterback wouldn't opt out if he had a playoff game. I, I agree with that. I, I very much do. And if this year proved anything to, to us in college football, it's that... The playoff expansion is so needed. Oh, we are desperate for it because. And here's the thing: those those that are clamoring for either a non-expansion or you know railing against these new elements of college football, oh they, you know what they want. They also probably on Friday night want to be like, hey, let's get the microwavable popcorn and go rent a video from Blockbuster. Exactly. That's what they want. It's like they, you want the past. You just want the past. You want what we had when I was a kid, which was set up three TVs, the only three in the house, watch with your dad, eat some wings, and watch all the games on New Year's Day. But yeah. that's not reality. Here's the other thing that nobody wants to acknowledge is that those bowl games, I'm not going to bore you with my labyrinth of amazing sources. The point being is they don't don't make any money for networks. Half of them nobody goes to. The ratings are and eh, depends on the bowl. In the end, this Big Ten explosion, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, this SEC explosion, Texas, Oklahoma, is driven by networks because the audience wants big brands playing each other over and over. And college football's had one issue my entire life, and we both agree with this. The schedule. Yeah. They're uneven. The good teams fear playing other good teams. Are you kidding me now? I'm going to get on any Saturday. Penn State's in Eugene. Michigan's in Seattle. USC's at Camp Randall. Ohio State's hosting UCLA. Texas is at Georgia. Oklahoma's hosting Bama. We're going to get more big, gigantic games. Yesterday was four big brands. That's the best day of college football I can remember in my life. In a, in a long time. In a long time. I mean, to, to, to your point, the schedule, do you know next year Michigan's going to play Ohio State, Washington, and Texas? And they're gonna who, all... who's like who's sitting there except for maybe whoever's going to be the head coach from Michigan saying like oh I don't know about that nobody is saying that because we all want to see exactly. those types of games I th- th- this new era of college football I think is going to be great what we need is just some guardrails and yeah. we need some little tweaks like for instance Colin we should have the playoff start right after the regular season when college football is hot continue playing I don't know like that's a thought well hasn't December been dead Forever. Of course. You sit around waiting for the Sun Bowl. Now December is going to be filled with number eight 
Florida State. I think we should number four, Ohio State. I think that we should end the college football season with a national championship on January first. I think the national championship. If you're asking me if I if I'm in the room. I'm saying that that setting, Michigan and Alabama, the sun setting with the San Gabriels, the Rose Bowl, that tradition, the longest-running bowl game in, in football, right? But longer than the Super Bowl, any of them. Yeah. That should be the national championship game every year. It makes the most iconic brand in college football, the Rose Bowl, the ultimate destination for every team in college football. And you end it on the first before the NFL gets to the playoffs. Then you can open up the transfer portal. Then you can have high school recruiting, and you fix the the calendar yeah. and scheduling and destination all in one fail swoop. You know, I said one of the things I love about college football, and I, I hear this occasionally, well, it's not as good as the NFL. All right, all right, time out. You're right. NFL's Rich Carlton, it's closer to Marriott. But I've been to the Marriott Sports Bar, three cocktails deep, kids at the pool. It's a good time, too. I and mean, I think flaws. it's a little bit more like Hampton by Hilton, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Free breakfast Sponsor. in the morning, coffee, waffles. So here's my point. You know how they always say this when you have kids? The years fly by, the days are long. College football's got kids. They screw up. The special teams are embarrassing. It's driving you crazy. But as a consumer, I'm exhausted watching college football because I've got kids and their careers are at stake. When I watch the NFL, LeBron James, or I watch Patrick Mahomes, I don't sweat. They're all rich. They're all great. College football's flaws? Yes, it's not. It's not the most expensive hotel on the block, but it's fun. It's, it's vulnerable. It's kids. Well, it's, it's drama. It's, it's also tribal. Remember... None of you that go to an NFL game or watch an NFL game were a part of that organization. But if you went to Michigan, you are Michigan. If you went to Alabama, you are Alabama. It's a part of you. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. It's your family. Yeah. That's, and, and so the tribalism of college football is actually much greater than any pro sport. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. Like The quality of the actual sport is better, but the entertainment value and the tribalism of college football is starting to become very, very good. And by the way, it's so far and away the most popular uh, of any other sport in our country outside of the NFL. I mean, it's far and away more popular than the NBA or, or, or hockey or Major League Baseball, for that matter. It, it trumps all of those by a wide margin. Ohio State and Michigan had 19 million viewers. The next time even a World Series game gets 19 million viewers, 19, let me know. 12. That's, that's, my, that's my point, right? Be, yeah. and, and why? Because it's tribal. Well, and the other thing that was great yesterday, Washington dominates Texas, but their 20-year-olds made egregious mistakes that you don't make in the NFL. Those games would have been over in the NFL. Washington wins by 10. But in college, you keep letting teams back in. Yeah, Michigan exciting. special teams, they just kept letting Bama back in the game. So the flaws end up being just jet fuel for drama. Yeah. Those game Michigan was better and Washington was better for most of the game. But the mistakes and what kids do made those games riveting. I, I was exhausted. Do you know how many times you're having a great family dinner and then all of a sudden it's just like something spills? 
because it just got a little bit crazy and, yeah. and out of hand. It's like, you know, yeah. and it spills and it's like, no, oh, well, you know what? It's it's life having kids. I like that analogy a lot. And and the tribal nature of it, I think, oh, is, is important. All right. I'm done talking. Um, <laughs> Clat, you drove. You had some kind of. I, I came up here just for you. It's like a... Uh, 2% J-Mac, 98% you. Yeah. You know, we're trying to reduce uh, J-Mac's role. Yeah, because it's... Uh, the, uh, well, yeah. then, you know what? Act like I didn't bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sorry, J-Mac. Everybody has a funeral. <laughs> I'm not wrong. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.